Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to John. The day after John had baptized Jesus, John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God, The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Today's Gospel story opens the continuation of what we've been hearing is about John's Uh, ministry in the wilderness area around the Jordan River. And people from all over the place were coming to hear his message, his proclamation, his call to repentance and renewal. They're joining John in this baptism of repentance. There are some who think that John is building on a Jewish uh, practice or tradition called mikvah, and that was where you would take these kind of purity baths to wash yourselves of any impurity that you have accidentally um, acquired. And that rather than a call to purity, John is calling to uh, a change of heart and of mind um, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a new way of living in the world. 
John is out in the wilderness and some Pharisees come out there to watch him. The Pharisees are um, religious um, leaders. They're, they're people by who all accounts were really, really good at being the right kind of people. Right? These are the kind of people that you would love to fill the church with because they're following all of the rules. They're doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing. And they are hearing this message of proclamation from John. And John says to them, look, there is the uh, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And radio silence from the Pharisees. They don't respond to it at all. The next day, John is again out in this wilderness area, and he again points to Jesus and says, Look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Two disciples hear this, and they begin to follow. Jesus turns to them and looks at them and says, What do you want? What are you looking for? What are you hoping for? This gospel reading leads us to maybe ask within our own selves, what is it that we are looking and hoping for? What kind of savior do we want? What kind of salvation do we want? Robert, Robert Ferrer Capon says that some of us kind of want a salvation that is nostalgic of a bygone era. We simply look back on Jesus' life and we go, oh, Jesus was, he was nice. He went around and he did a lot of nice things. And, and he just basically wants us to be nice. And so the, we're just, let's just go and be nice people. One of the things that's interesting is, is that when we look back, we often misremember the way things are. Maybe it's the way of, you know, dealing with life. Maybe it's the thing that allows us to do Christmas with our family for another year. My friend Scott Gunn says that you cannot find one instance in the Gospels, in which Jesus is nice. He says Jesus is a lot of things. Jesus is loving. Jesus is welcoming. But he says you can't really find a time in which Jesus is nice. And this call to niceness, this desire to niceness, can both leave us unfulfilled because, let's face it, I mean, maybe I'm alone here, I have a really hard time being nice. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there who make me mad. And it is hard to be mad at people that you disagree with. Capon also says that some of us want a savior or salvation in which our ticket is simply punched. We know that there is this place that we want to get to eventually and we just need our ticket punched and that's what faith and salvation and that's the kind of savior we need. Someone we can go and get our ticket punched. This transactional faith can fail to take into account for the reality of sin in this present world and the ways in which we are called to confront it. 
David Zoll says, building upon Capon's work, that, that in recent years, faith has become all about transformation. Faith becomes much like the magazine articles that we see and the checkout line at the supermarket. 30 days to a better prayer life. 40 ways in which to forgive others. And faith becomes just a system of transformation. And Zoll says once Christianity becomes about transformation, Christianity can die. Because he says, you know, transformation is exciting. But when it takes center stage in a person's life, he says, it swallows up grace and it turns Christianity into a vehicle of anxiety and exhaustion. That Christianity itself starts to resemble a self-improvement scheme on spiritual steroids, only as reliable as the personal growth it may have produced, which we know from experience in Scripture is not always reliable. So the question is, is what kind of salvation and what kind of Savior are we looking for? John the Baptist is clear in each of the Gospels. He is not the Savior, nor is his baptism of repentance salvation. Each time he always says, there is one who is coming that is greater than I. And if you think my baptism of, of repentance is something, wait till you see the one who is bringing fire. As important as John the Baptist is, and as big as his ministry was, John knew that he was not the end and that there was one to come. There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is something that being nice cannot do. It is something that getting your ticket punched will not solve. And it is not something you can transform yourself out of. Now, I am not saying this so that we go and we live our lives filled with shame and guilt about the fact that we mess up. Rather, this is really good news because it tells us, and it names the truth about sin, is that that is something that we just do. But that there is one who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And a gospel and a religion that points to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world makes room for sinners. All of them. A, a, a religion and a gospel which points to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world makes room for all of the sinners. It is this very gift of grace that comes to us in Christ Jesus that is the thing that we most deeply need and want. In the moments in which we cannot be nice, grace is there understanding the fact that we are humans. In the moments in which we just want a ticket punch for some future thing, grace is here and is now. 
And in all the things that we try to do to transform our prayer lives, transform our physical lives, transform our relationships with others, even in the midst of when they fail, grace is there and meets us where we are. Philip Yancey says it this way. He says that grace is the hope that seeks us out when we are at our worst. It looks forward to the long, hard road ahead. Grace is not even worried if everything falls apart and everything goes wrong. Grace is the love of God that does not let go. It brings good out of bad, and it sees hope where we are unable to see any hope. Grace is always there to give us another chance. Grace waits and it stands us up when we fall. It leaves the door open. Grace stays awake when we begin to fall asleep, even though we know we shouldn't. Grace is there. What kind of Savior and what kind of salvation do we want the Savior that we are given in the Gospels is a Savior who is there at the banquet and the party and is inviting all the wrong people, all the people who fail to be nice, all the people who have not got their ticket punched, all the people who failed at a better prayer life in 30 short days. Do we want a Savior who welcomes all of us to the table? Because the God of the gospel is one who leaves room for everyone. Following that kind of Savior leaves room for you and it leaves room for me. It's shocking to the religious people, like the Pharisees who are standing there. And when they hear, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They just look at their watch. Someone once said, if religious people aren't questioning you, you're doing it wrong. And what I mean by that is, is that religious people like to have everything nice and tidy. They want everything to be really simple. And they want well-behaved Christians. But that is not the people of faith that we find in the Gospels. We find our Lord and our Savior around sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. We find our God amongst the people who most desperately need to hear that they are loved and they are forgiven. What kind of Savior do you want? What kind of salvation do you hope for? We are reminded by Paul in one of his letters that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. No matter what we think those things should be, we have a God who is bigger than our ability to sin. We have a God who loves us always and constantly. Even when we are not nice, even when we forget to get our ticket punched, even when we fail at the very things that we know that we should do, our God is there with grace and with love, welcoming us to the banquet and to the party, saying, come, come. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.